This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond to the clubhouse to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to another edition of Inside Twins. We have indeed gone from the diamond to the clubhouse to the front office, and we have CBO Derek Falvey in studio with us here today for another edition of Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. And before we get started with Derek, pretty cool moment in Payette, Idaho, as they named the post office after Harmon Killebrew. Uh, Clyde Deppner was there, Dave St. Peter, Laurel Pre. Pretty cool deal, and a Killebrew stamp is forthcoming. So it won't be long before you can get a postmark from the Harmon Killebrew post office with a Harmon Killebrew stamp. A lot of people can say that. I certainly can't. Derek, I, I'm not thinking the Falvey post office. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, Harmon Killebrew, what he means, I know Dave went up there uh, at the request of, of the family because of how much the twins mean to Harmon's family and otherwise, but pretty cool honor for him, no question. Yeah, spectacular. I mean, you can't even make that sort of thing up. Now, full disclosure, we're getting ready for the Tigers, but almost every TV in the building is on the Masters right now as we're trying to sneak that one in in front of the rain. Are you one of those guys, or has your baseball career caused you to miss so many of these golfing events that you no longer are yeah, affected? Yeah, I, I, I certainly... You know, you keep your eye on it. I, I would say when you're in a major league clubhouse uh, right now, you walk around. Most of the TVs are on the Masters. There's a lot of golf fans in there, whether it's coaches or players or otherwise. And I think especially with the early start today, you know, guys are getting a chance to see some of the uh, more meaningful holes right now. Now, what about are you a Game of Thrones guy? Because that's the other big one today. That's a big one. Uh, you know, I, I am not. Uh, I, I watched the season early on, uh, and my wife didn't like it. And then after that, we just we didn't end up watching it much after that. Maybe I'll catch up on it someday and binge watch it. I imagine. Thad's hosting like a costume Game of Thrones theme it's, party tonight it's or something. It's possible. I'm that. not invited, but it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't want to drag it down. Let's get to the baseball stuff. I know you met with a lot of the print media here during the game yesterday, and the topic was a guy we've been able to see his big smile in and around the clubhouse, which has been great the last couple of days, and that's Miguel Sano. He looks great. He's got that energy going on about him, all very positive. Uh, if you could kind of go back over some of the, the, the soil that you tilled yesterday in terms of the plan for Miguel. Yeah, so Miguel, as we said all along, we, we needed to get that foot healed uh, and wanted to, once we got past that and he was fully healed, we needed to go into really a modified spring training of sorts. I, I think we know with Miguel, he put in a great uh, winter of effort. It's unfortunate that, you know, with the, with the injury that he suffered right before spring training, it kind of slowed all that back down. So we have to rebuild him up and put him in the best position physically to go then play baseball. And I think that's critical because we know with him he's a you know big man. We want to make sure he's in good shape because when he gets on the field, if we rush that, you know there's a chance for some setbacks or some injuries, and we just want to make sure. So the first start here will be get him down to Fort Myers, start going through what would be a modified early spring training before we progress him to games. Now you guys have gone to great lengths to build out the infrastructure throughout the minor leagues. 
to allow for exactly this type of a situation. Uh, is it going to be literally a, hey, you're going to be at the field at this point in time with all the extended guys and you're going to go through the same drills as if it were February 19th, just different faces, or is it going to be more one-on-one? No, it'll be more one-on-one, which is really a benefit of our build-out. You know, we have our, our, our main major league physical therapist, Jeff Lottie, who's been doing a lot of work with him here. He'll track with him to Florida to start the program to make sure that everything's seamless for him. So exactly what he was doing here from a strength and conditioning standpoint and a rehab standpoint, we'll transition to Florida, and then we'll have guys like Sam Prolazo who's down at the facility there to help do some infield work with him. Sammy's been a, a senior advisor in our player development staff, along with all of our coordinators and coaches who are in extended right now. They'll continue to build out the program, so we'll have a lot of uh, individualized attention. Yeah, you mentioned Lottie, a guy behind the scenes who was instrumental in Michael Pagata and, yeah. and his entire year as he built up to days like we saw yesterday. Is the hardest part of this uh, the not rushing? Because there will come days – far too early where Miguel tells you he's ready to go, where you're going to have to say, no, big fella. Yeah, I think Miguel wants to be in the lineup today, so out here in, in Minnesota, and I think that's, that's okay, right? That's part of we want him to be chomping at the bit to get back and play. It's our job to be responsible about the timeline and make sure that he's in as physically as good a position as he can be to go play every day at the big leagues because that's what we want. And I think that until he's there, uh, we need to slow him down. But he feels good. That's, a, that's the key right now. Get him on the field, start moving, and then we'll assess him as he goes. Uh, quickly, McGill, uh, Reed, and Moya. Uh, yep. There, I know, getting ready to play in some games. Yeah, so Matt McGill is going out starting today uh, in Rochester. He'll get out, he'll get on the field here, and we'll build him up, uh, we hope, over the next week and, and into an option Welcome here. back. The wind's blowing 40 miles an hour out to center. <laughs> right, exactly right. Good luck out there, exactly. And then uh, and Gabriel Moya will go to Pensacola. He'll track there the middle of this week. So he's, he's right behind Matt in terms of his timeline to get back to be an option for us. And then Addison Reed's a little bit longer. We want to just give him a little bit more time down in Florida. He's continuing to do some work. The benefit of a non-throwing related injury for him, you know, left hand, is that we can maybe take that time to do a lot of aggressive strength conditioning work and things to put him in the best position physically when he does get back on the field. So that's been a big focus for him. Speaking of, of pitchers and injuries, Steven Gonsalves hasn't thrown, and we heard that there was some forearm pain and whatnot, yep. and he was in Florida. Now, the reason the, the red lights go off is because so often, if you track back forearm pain, eventually no you see guys end up having elbow surgery. Where is Steven? and hopefully, obviously, that's not the end of his story this year. Exactly. So Steven, you know, had some uh, just general forearm cramping, you know, soreness, and sometimes it can be nothing. Sometimes it can be just, you know, a little bit overuse or, or, or just, uh, you know, feeling a little bit of soreness. But the first thing you do usually is shut them down for two weeks, make sure they get their workouts in, they do everything, but they aren't throwing, and then we'll do a modified return-to-play program is what we call it. He'll start to throw, see how that feels. If there's more issue there, we're going to then take a, a, an advanced look at this to make sure. But we took an initial look it looks like some some tightness there something that will take some time for it to heal but overall we're hopeful and, and certainly as you said you know anytime you get anything around the elbow area you start worrying about that side of things so you'll be very careful with Stephen Gonzalez yes, there's no really rushing slow. anything here with where he is he's right on track and what promises to be a very successful run for that's him. what we're hoping for and we want to make sure that before he gets back on the field we know he's fully healthy speaking of pitchers and, and again Derek Falvey is our guest here it's the inside twins program brought to you by Killebrew root beer uh, we've seen the roster makeup have maybe a few less arms in it because of the many off days, which we've talked about ad nauseum, National League play. Do you foresee a shift in that as we get now finally into a stretch of where we're going to play 12, 13 games in a row? Well, I think we, we made the shift uh, certainly when we had to, when Jake went a little bit short in his start against Philly uh, and had to go back to your, your normal 12 pitcher 13 position player breakdown 
um, and brought up uh, Chase DeYoung at the time to just help give us some length. I, you know, we're sitting at that stage now with 12 pitchers. I foresee that being probably the norm now as we get back into five starters, seven bullpen guys. You know, when we need a guy, we'll go get him. But hopefully now with Martin sliding back into the rotation, we feel like we have enough depth in the in both the starting rotation and the bullpen. Is there any sense of, of and I don't want to just beat the schedule issue to death, but is there any sense of just like, okay, we can finally see what we have? Yeah, I definitely. I, I would tell you that, you know, our guys aren't making excuses. They never will. But, you know, to be 7-4 and four at this point, having gone through – Probably the most difficult schedule of any club uh, to start the season. You know, the five off days and the 15, that doesn't even count the snow out we had, you know, two days ago. So I think that, you know, we've had a tough time getting in rhythm. I think where that's impacted us is probably more on the pitching side. You know, you haven't had Martin Perez be able to start and go through his normal routine. I think some of the strike throwing at times is because guys aren't in routine. Uh, but the good thing is our, our offense has been you know, sitting in about the top five or six teams in the league. And, and to do that without having the rhythm of everyday games, I think, is a real positive. Yes, and we talked about with James Rousen on yesterday's pregame lineup card. Uh, I do want to ask you about, I know the off days that were built in, we only had the one day banked by weather so far, and knock on wood. And part of that is because what a job to get this building ready for baseball no yesterday and today. You were on the business end of a snow shovel, correct? Like, <laughs> how, did right. that, how did that go for you? That's right. Hey, every all hands on deck. That's Twins Way, and uh, it was a, a fun day out there. You know, hey, no one wants to deal with the snow, but we all we all made this and this ballpark look great. Our ballpark operations staff and Larry Devito and his field crew are the best in the game. Two to eight scale. Where do you where do you come out scout wise on a shoveling? Oh, on shoveling, I, I'm fringe average at best. <laughs> uh, you know, forty five. That's that's the go to number for a scout. Uh, something right below a five average. So you are a replacement level <laughs> shoveler, so. is what you're telling we me. Got, we got some pretty good ones out there, so I, I definitely am below average. So that's good to know. Well, the good news is the field, as you said, is outstanding, and we'll finish off this series with the Tigers today. One thing about this schedule that hasn't been talked about as much, a lot of division play early. Yep. Do you favor that? Do you like that? As opposed to uh, one year, we, I don't think the Twins saw a Central Division foe until late in May, and then suddenly you're playing them seemingly every game. I, I think there's trade-offs, but I do think it's beneficial early, especially with weather. You know, it, when we when we uh, had to postpone that Detroit game the other day, we had options. You know, we didn't necessarily just have to play during this series. We could play it in May. We have another series with them in August. So it was helpful to know that we had flexibility just because early on in the season you're know, going to deal with weather. So I think it's a benefit. I think it's a true test. You know, we've got to play well. If we're going to we're going to go where we want to go late in this season. We got to play well in our division. We all know that. Every team knows that. So I think it's it's critical for us to get off to a good start. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. He is a fringe shoveler, but he's also the CBO in his spare time of the uh, Minnesota Twins. We'll hear more from him next as Inside Twins continues on your home for Twins baseball. It's a Sunday at the ballpark. Just to uh, uh, watching the uh, Masters wrap up early, and you still have time before Game of Thrones. Come on down and enjoy some baseball. It's going to be Jose Barrios, Jordan Zimmerman. Great matchup here in the Central Division as the Twins continue on this homestand. Also want to remind everybody, the home games this week, 640. Those are 640 first pitches, so get uh, getting underway a little bit earlier here early in the season. Again, the show's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, how memories are created, legends are made. Derek Falvey's our guest, and, and, and Derek, there's going to be a lot of different guests and voices on this show. I don't like to get bogged down uh, with this opportunity on just day-to-day minutiae. We cover that enough over the next four hours, uh, but it's a great opportunity to get your thought on some broader issues as well. And one that struck me this week, and I immediately thought of you, was an article by Jason Stark. And he sat down with Joe Madden, Ned Yost, Terry Francona, 
and I believe Bruce Bochy, and he said, is the manager obsolete? And they were talking about uh, the whole relationship between front offices and managers, and your favorite word, collaborative, was thrown out there. And he asked him point blank, like, have you been told, hey, you're a puppet, the manager's doing the job? And they all said, no, that's not how it works. And they all acknowledged, as you would expect, you know, that you have to listen. It's great to have information. From your perspective, what, did you read the article? I don't know if you did. And, and your thoughts on that, because sometimes it is the easy perception that, oh, the manager's just a puppet these days. Yeah. And that I don't think is true because you're still, to, to, to hone to the actual word, you're managing people in the clubhouse. And and I, I think it's it couldn't be further from the truth, at least in our minds, you know, and in, in the way we operate. And I think you could talk to Rocco or certainly any of the staff we've had over time here is that, we, we want to be partners in everything we're doing, right? So if we if we want to acquire a player from an, from another club or bring a guy up from the minor leagues, we're talking to the manager, we're talking to the coaches, we're looking at different ways of how we might utilize that player because it would be silly for us to go acquire a player and then know that the manager wants to use him differently. So the way we, we look at it is everything's collaborative. You know, we, we want to talk about plans for players. We talked about Miguel Sano's rehab plan. We sat there with our trainer and with Rocco and with Derek Shelton and with our hitting coach, James Rousen and, you know, Thad and I I sit there and we all talk about what's the best way to get this guy in a good position. So I, I would tell you that um, and anyone who thinks, you know, lineups are dictated from the front office and moves are dictated from the front office, like it couldn't be further from the truth. Rocco would tell you that. Uh, and I think that what makes for a really successful environment, you mentioned just Terry Francona, someone I work closely with it, you know, and he, he probably referenced that in the article. I didn't read it, but you know, that, the only way for this to work is if we're all on the same mm -hmm. end of the rope, pulling on the same end of the rope. And so we talk about everything across all baseball operations, from scouting to player development to what we're doing at the major league level. And, and I love that environment. And the point is you talk about it and the information's available. But once the guy says play ball, you're upstairs, they're in the they're in the dugout, and you guys are in the battle, you guys are in charge. 100%. I mean, Rocco and I talked the other day. He's got all these preparation tools. You know, we've got matchup information. We've got historical information between batters and pitchers. He spent so much time, he and Derek Shelton, going through every potential iteration of how this game could go. And and before the game, you, you get a plan. You know, hey, if we're up in the sixth or seventh inning and this part of the lineup is coming, we're probably going to go to Taylor Rogers or we're probably going to go to Trevor May. And that's the plan before the game even starts. Now, some Something may happen in the game uh, that you don't anticipate. You've got to pivot, and and that's the manager's job. He has to work with his coaches. You know, the best managers I've found find a way to lean on their coaches to ask for their opinions the inning or two ahead of time, so they can really start to adjust and plan. And I think that's what's special. I I, I have never once from the front office, you know, questioned a decision in those games, and I will never because I know that that's a really difficult job to do. And Rocco's got a. a, a source of a group of people that he sources to get as much information as possible before he has to make that call. Yeah, and I would argue that if that's how it's going to work, you're not going to get a quality person in that chair because no one's going to want that job if they're told what to do, right? Exactly right. Constantly. Exactly right. That has to be able, that person leads every single day the group and and our job is to help support them, you know, and give them resources. But I just left before I came over here to do the interview. We're talking about lineups for Thursday and Friday already thinking about, hey, this is our first stretch of games where we're playing every day. You know, which day do we give Max a day off? You know, where do we maybe try and grab a day for Byron? And you're looking at matchups with starters and Rocco's just talking about it out loud and then guys are throwing different ideas around. Ultimately, he has to make out the lineup card, but we're all going to share some different ideas as to the best way to go about it. Yeah, you mentioned leadership, and I think we've seen that in evidence. Uh, and, and I would guess not surprising in the, in the slightest, right? But now that the, the games, everyone's like, you've never managed or any of those. It's the same guy that... 
that was on the winter caravan. It's the same guy no that doubt. interviewed with you, same guy that was in spring training. Yeah, I think the, the coolest part about watching him over the first 11 games is uh, we played five National League games. Now, <laughs> a first-time manager is one thing. A first-time manager in the National League is a totally different animal because you've got the pitcher hitting and you've got double switches and you've got plans. I think what was so cool about it, and I think he said it at one point, is he said one of the decisions they made during the course of that trip in Philly and to hit Rosario and double switch in that situation where he hit the home run in the, in the game we won there, you know, he and Derek Shelton had talked about that in an inning before, and Sheltie had brought up that idea. That was a great moment in time for them to collaborate on a decision two innings before it ended up being something that uh, mattered in the game. But that that right there is how he's going to manage. He's going to utilize a lot of different people and resources and guys like Bill Evers, who've been doing it forever, guys like Derek Shelton, who've been a bench coach before, and, and Wes Johnson, certainly, with some of the pitching influence. So I feel like this is our staff is in as good a place as I've ever seen. Yeah, Derek Falvey is our guest. It's Inside Twins, and it's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Baseball-wide, uh, it's amazing that we're this deep into the season and there's guys like Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, they're still not playing. Unless you're them and their agent, you don't know what's actually going on. But from purely the standpoint, if, if a team was going to add one of those guys, how long does it take until somebody would be ready to participate in games? I mean, we talked about it with Sano a little bit. These guys are in the same spot, right? I, I think it's the same thing, exactly. I mean, with Miguel, we're talking about him having missed spring training and we're going to send him down to Florida and modify his spring training. I think, you know, for most guys, I would imagine they're doing a lot of work, you know, externally, but nothing replicates being on the mound in a game, you know, in the, in those moments and being able to pitch. So I would say that any player who's not presently playing, you know, that wants to try and maybe track their way toward a club is going to have to go through a pretty extensive period of time where they're building up back to the, to the season. Everyone's different, everyone's unique, but I think that's going to take some time. We've had one roster move since you were last on, and that was Tyler Austin's now a giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a situation where you have to make a change and a rule that I, I actually had to check with you and Thad to, to make sure that I understood it. You couldn't just promote somebody who was already on your 40-man roster yeah. in the same way that if you send somebody down today, you have to wait 10 days. That means the end of the line as a twin for Tyler Austin. But in those situations, are you guys intent on not just finding a good spot for them, but also not just letting them walk. I mean, you end up bringing somebody back from the Giants. Yeah, it was, certainly Tyler was somebody, you know, we when we acquired him as part of a group of players from the Yankees last year, you know, we had some vision for how he could fit in at that point and forward. And we got the chance to acquire both C.J. Crone and Nelson Cruz as our, our first base DH com- combo, and it certainly squeezed out a little bit of Tyler's at-bats. But he had a great camp, and we felt like going with the five position players, he had a real fit on our club early on. When we ended up needing a pitcher, that was the spot we went with. I think Tyler's going to have a lot of success elsewhere. He's a you know good young player, but we felt like at that time for our roster, this was the right decision. We get back a player who we like a little bit. You know, and Malik Ziegler is somebody who we think has real real tools and ability. He's a few years away down in A-ball, but we think he's got uh, he's got some ability to impact a major league club somewhere down the line. Yeah, much better than just saying, hey, take a walk, and, and, and the fact that you actively could go out and find suitors and make a match, I no mean, question. that's kind of indicative of something you guys have said from the beginning. We need to get talent in our organization any opportunity we have to do so as opposed to, to coming up empty Yeah, no question. I'm, you know, we've had to make some difficult decisions along the way through trades or otherwise, but I think we're seeing some of the results of that already. You know, a young guy like Joan Duran last year who came on came on the scene and has maybe been one of the brighter spots of our minor league system. I think you have to acquire those types of players in addition to draft and develop and, and find guys internationally because that's the pipeline of success. It's got to be built from within. We'll take a break. Come back. One final segment on the Twins Hot Stove Show right here on your home for Twins Baseball. It's Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Rooter, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. We're going to make, uh, hopefully, some good memories and not a bad legend 
Uh, in about three minutes when I try to sprint up all those flights of stairs to be upstairs for a pregame lineup card <laughs> and uh, not uh, come onto the air breathing heavily or tripping and falling on the staircase. Right now, Derek uh, Falvey is in studio here with Inside Twins. Uh, and we're wrapping up with the Tigers today, and then Toronto comes calling. Baseball is about moments for me, and it's about people. And the relationship Rocco Baldelli and Charlie Montoya have is a really special one. And I know as much as I'm excited about seeing the baseball I'm kind of fired up to see those two guys manage against each other. What about you? Same. I, you know, I, I got a chance to meet Charlie this spring for the first time. I, you know, had known him a little bit from a distance. Uh, but Charlie's a, he's a great man, and you know, I know Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, the front office group there in Toronto. I worked with uh, for a number of years, and they they just speak really well of him. And I know Rocco. The day that he got announced here was the day it was announced that Charlie was the manager there, and he I remember how excited he was for that. So it's cool. Their their friendship and bond goes back a number of years. And he's a guy who personally has gone through a ton with his family and he's yeah. a baseball lifer and you won't find a guy say a bad word about him so no doubt it's going to be kind of fun and we get a nice little homestand and and you get to be home and we get to let the fans finally get a chance to see this club you guys have put together in person and that's kind of nice too i almost feel like this is a second opening week for the minnesota twins i agree with that i, I think we kind of uh we looked at the first uh, 15 days or so surviving them and getting through the uniqueness of the of the schedule hopefully now we'll get on in a rhythm of playing every day uh more natural baseball some warm weather starts you know creeping in here and it'll feel it'll feel like the summer's about to kick off all right warm weather i'm i'm on board with that derek we appreciate your time and your insight as always have a good week and uh i don't know when you're next due back in studio but we look forward to it thanks for having me on all right that's derek Fowler. And again, we'll have a rotating uh, cast of folks, all with an interesting perspective and an insightful one on what's going on here at Target Field throughout the course of Inside Twins uh, every Sunday, all season long across our network. Again, coming up, the pregame lineup card, as we were going to hear from Andrew Vasquez, we'll have our minor league update with Jeremy Zoll, maybe qualify some folks to try to win a trip for two down to Pensacola. And then, of course, there's baseball to be played as Jose Barrios takes them out opposite Jordan Zimmerman. Should be a great pitching matchup again here today at Target Field as the Twins bid for another victory over a Central Division opponent, try to sweep this brief truncated two-game series from Ron Garden higher and the Tigers. That's all coming up. Glad to have you with you for Inside Twins. We'll see you around the bend for our Adina Really pregame lineup card coming up next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.